Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. of the message this morning is, will you remain? And it's coming, going to be coming out of the gospel of John in just a few moments. I was uh, enjoying rest during the hours of the night, and for some weird reason, I, I was awake at a weird hour of the night, and all of a sudden, my former friend, who I haven't seen in a long time, he would still be my friend if I could see him today, pops up on the radar screen. Dennis Maves, of all people, I thought, what in the world? What are you doing? Dennis Maves. That takes us all the way back from my life, back into the early 70s. He was my partner at Canadian Bible College. We were roommates, and he was a former Marine. And at that time in my life, I needed that type of person who was kind of like watching over me. How many know when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you do things that you don't always talk about? And I needed a Dennis Maves in my life at that time. And uh, he taught me something about the Marine Corps that I still hold tightly to. No, I did not serve uh, in any armed forces for our country. But as a member of the body of Christ, it's a joy to serve Jesus as a soldier of the cross. But Dennis Maves used to talk to me about Semper Fidelis. And that's the main heart cry of the Marine Corps. And that simply means this, always faithful. The heart and the cry of the Lord Jesus Christ is that every one of us would be found faithful. We all can't be Marines and wear the uniforms that the Marines have wore, but we can be men and women who are always faithful. Our children, our teenagers, those in the community, they need to know that we are faithful. And so I went looking this week while we had some time uh, at different spots in the vacation that I could find some information that would kind of set the tone for what the Lord would like to say to our hearts this morning. And I found an old quote by uh, former President George Bush Sr. And I'd like to share that with you this morning. When we talk about being faithful, when we talk about being steadfast, when we talk about remaining in the thick of whatever may be going on in our lives, listen to what former President George Bush said. Steadfast is a firm purpose or direction. It's a resolve, unwavering, holding fast to principles or convictions, faithful, loyal, and committed. In an hour in which we're living, that's the call of the gospel to the body of Christ, that we would be sure in our purpose, given a clear direction, having an unwavering resolution that we're not going to be moving simply because culture calls for us to move. And this is what the Bible is talking about in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It's a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, every one of us have an anchor that will hold us in the midst of any type of storm. And if you're not in a place right now where you're going through a storm, I can guarantee you 
Just keep living and you will face some storms. And I'm not talking about like the rain on the outside. I'm simply talking about when life brings you situations, you've got to have an anchor. So I want you to capture Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 because there we understand that we actually have an anchor that will grip our heart, that will hold us when the storms are all around us. Out of that particular verse, I want to share this with you this morning. That when we apply God's word to our lives, we will be able to walk in a new level of obedience. God wants that more than anything else. Now, the word obedience is not a popular word either in the body of Christ. And certainly, if you work with young people, when you ask young people to be obedient and follow the guidelines or the procedures or the policies, young people, you know, they kind of buck up on those kind of things. But I want to encourage the body of Christ, not only in this house, but across this region and then in our nation and around the world, that we would be absolutely committed to the obedience of God's word. Let me put it this way. I find it very difficult in my life to say to the Lord, I love you, and then disregard his word. Because if I say that I love him, the love of Jesus Christ will lead me to the book And the book leads me to a life of obedience. Amen? In John chapter 15, in verse 5, Jesus is speaking. He says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. How many know it's important to see it the way he sees it? Yes? I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. How many are learning day by day? Without him, not much is accomplished. Without Jesus Christ, very little impact. People may be impressed for a while, but then their impressions will move on to new areas and new territories. What will change the lives of people, what will alter culture and create a new buzz, so to speak, is when they start seeing in us the hope of glory. This morning, you're carriers of that glory. Let me mention to you this morning, because you are in Christ Jesus and you're in his love, grace, and mercy, you will produce automatically, naturally, fruit. That means there's going to be evidence of who you are in Christ Jesus. So thank God for John chapter 15 and verse 5 where Jesus makes it clear that because we are connected to him, we are going to not only remain in him, but we're going to produce the fruits. And I think this is one of the things that Amy was talking about when she encouraged us during this upcoming week. Let's take a look at Galatians and let's read through and see how much of Christ is in our lifestyle. So as we move from John chapter 15 and verse 5, I'd like to bring forth to your attention this morning a principle that can help each and every one of us. Remaining in him brings prosperity to the kingdom. Amen? When we are in Christ and we're living for his glory and for his honor, we know that we know that there's going to be prosperity in the kingdom and that prosperity is going to flow back into our lives, into our children, into our grandchildren, into those who are in our sphere of influence. So this morning, look upon your life as an example of fruit and that you're producing Good fruit in a world that is in desperate need of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, obedience to God's word will produce a steadfast spirit. 
I went back through the Gospel of John to chapter 6. If you're with me this morning, I want you to see something that was really astonishing to me. And Jesus has opened up the Gospel of John chapter 6 as the story is laid out for us. And we hear about the feeding of the 5,000. And then there are several other miracles that take place. And then Jesus brings them to a place where it's time to have a meal. And he begins talking about his body and his blood. And it really starts freaking out those that are with him, those that were following him. How many know that Jesus sometimes could shake things up just a little bit? And so he has a question because he notices as he's been sharing and they've been witnessing and they've been watching and they see all of the miracles and they see the works that he's been accomplishing, there's a question that begins to arise in their mind. Is he talking about eating his body and drinking his blood? And they are starting to get a little freaked out about it. And so some of them decide, you know what, maybe it's time to hit the road. And so Jesus turns to his 12 disciples and he says to them, are you going to do the same thing? Are you going to leave? I want to encourage you this morning, the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you'll learn about his lordship. Amen. The longer you work for him, the more you will know that you are a co-laborer with him. So this morning, I would like to share with you, and it's not going to be a long message this morning, but I'm hoping that you're capturing what God is asking. The question is this, will you remain for the duration of your life? Will you remain walking with Him? Will you be faithful to Christ? Will you continue to serve Him the way that you started? Will you continue to be faithful to Him even when there are challenges, maybe on the job, maybe in the home, maybe in the marketplace, wherever your life is, will you continue to pursue at such a cost that you're going to be found faithful that you will be like a Marine under that great, 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 Slogan that they use, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it's really favorite of mine because I know that behind it stood a man who put everything on the line. Amen? Paul was a man who put everything on the line. He even knew the end wasn't going to be favorable to the natural mind. He was told, what it was going to look like down the stretch of his life. I wonder how many of us would continue to pursue Christ if the Lord Jesus showed us what it's going to look like, like he did the Apostle Paul. Everything didn't turn out just the way Paul would like to have had it, but Paul wanted it God's way. How many know that's important? God's way over our way should always be the trump card. Amen? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, listen to what he says. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. That's what I want to get across to the church. When I say the church, I'm talking about not just inside these walls, but the body of Christ. We are the beloved. We are members of the body of Christ. It is God's desire for us to be steadfast in our love for him, that we would be unshaken by the situations that may be going on around us or in our nation or in the world. It shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't change you. It should cause you not to flinch. Simply knowing that we are living in perilous times. We should be strong in the Lord. We should remain steadfast, 
Always abounding in the work of the Lord. I like to be around people that are abounding, moving forward for the cause and for the purpose of Jesus Christ. So the second principle that I'd like to lay out before you this morning is this. And I'm actually going to divide this into two messages. For this morning and then for next week. Because I don't want you to get overwhelmed with everything that the Lord's been showing me in this past week. By that I mean I don't think I can bring it to your attention and drop it and deliver it into your heart in enough time. So let's break it down and take it in sequence. Take it in steps. And I'm hoping that in your mind this morning there's a question that's beginning to form. Will I remain? Will I remain in Him? Will I continue to pursue? Will I continue to have the passion? Will I continue to abound in the work of the Lord? Knowing, knowing that your labor is not in vain. What a powerful, powerful verse. Paul knew that ultimately he was going to be a man that was going to sacrifice his life for Jesus Christ. And that wasn't going to phase him. It wasn't going to change him. And there wasn't anything that he wanted to change about the direction that the Spirit of the Lord was leading. Boy, there's all kinds of nuggets that you should be able to be picking up right now. Because there's such a tendency within the body of Christ to be able to alter, want to change it, and then come up and even come to the place, and I've been guilty of this in my own life. Well, the Lord gave me this. No, I wanted to alter some, th- some things. Stay on track. Stay true to the purpose that God placed in your life. Principle number two, being steadfast will bring forth the harvest. And there's going to be a great harvest before the return of Jesus Christ. Not only in forward, but in all the other ministries. All over this nation, there are going to be hearts. There's going to be souls. Someone this morning in the prayer time said, let's just pray for the lost. Let's just pray for those who don't know Jesus Christ. And that's what this is all about today. They're hoping, they're trusting, though they may not tell you, they're hoping and trusting that you will be true to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll remain faithful, it will assist them in coming to the love of Jesus Christ. So be steadfast. There's a great harvest that is about to come. Did you capture that? In Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. And I want to give to you the third principle and then some things where we must remain steadfast in the body of Christ. Listen to what David had to say. These are the words of David to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Never get them mixed up. It didn't say create in me A steadfast spirit. That's not what it said. First of all, a pure heart. Because out of purity and pure motives can come a steadfast result. Let me read it again. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Through the years, I have seen both in education and in athletics and in ministry, people who would not remain, who gave up their athletic endeavors, individuals who said, I'm going to go the easy way, I'm going to go get my GDE, or others who would say, you know what, I've had so much with the body of Christ that I just think I need some time out. 
Listen, when those type of moments come, that's when you want no time out. That's when you press in and you go, more now than ever, I need God's people. More now than ever, I will get my education. More now than ever, the talents that God's given to me, I'll make sure that I use them for his honor and glory, even if it's in athletics. So the principle is this. It is the Lord who gives to us both a pure heart. Hollywood certainly won't do it. Since we just came off of it, vacations won't do it. Finances won't create a pure heart. New romances won't do it either. And you can add much more. Degrees, higher education, all of those things will not produce purity of heart. I know there are many that look at this particular verse that may not show up on the screen this morning, but I want you to be reminded of an Old Testament verse, and it says this, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, I know that all of us who know Christ in this house this morning, we have a new heart, but we still have that old nature to deal with. Amen? And if we're not careful, that old will supersede the new, and it wants its way. Listen, if God took his hand off of my life for one second, there would be so much self-righteousness and there would be so much wickedness that would flow out of the old nature. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, by the way, I said that was my example. That was not about you. That was about me. If God took his hand off of my life, you would see self-righteousness. And number two, if the Lord removed his hand off of my life, there would be so much wickedness that once again would flow. Why why is that true? Because Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So there's a nature that we have got to subdue every day. There's a nature that doesn't want you to remain in Christ. There's an old nature that wants you to just do whatever. That's what the world teaches. That's not what the kingdom teaches. So the principle is this. It is the Lord who gives us a steadfast spirit. So as we bring things together on this first message this morning, here's some things where I believe the body of Christ needs to remain steadfast. I believe that we need to have a steadfast spirit towards the Father. The way that Jesus related to his father is our example. So if there are those around us, if there are those that we look to, and they're not setting that steadfast spirit, we still have no excuse because Jesus did it. And he did it all the way through the garden, and he did it all the way to the cross. And he even did it when he was resurrected. And so I'm declaring this morning that this house is a house that has a steadfast spirit towards the Father. Secondly, I'd like for us to consider that we are to have a steadfast spirit towards our family. When we are connected properly to our Father, it's going to show up in our families. Amen. 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 The third way that we can continue to show a steadfast spirit is towards those in the body of Christ. And I've I've categorized that as our friends, friends in Christ, associates in the world. I'm not asking you to adopt my personal philosophy, but my friends are in the body of Christ. My associates are outside. 
And I would encourage you before you dialogue too long on that, you may want to go back to the Old Testament and read how many times God spoke to Israel about who they should and who they should not associate with and who they should be a part of and who should they kind of stay away from. Hello, can you hear this morning the Spirit of the Lord? All of those that were on that cruise, they know exactly what, hello, God is inviting us to be friend one another in the body of Christ. God is asking us to build bridges to those who we associate out there. But we are to be in this world, but not of the world. That which was just given are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got to tell you, after walking with the Lord many, many years, there's still a tendency not only to be in the world, but to be of the world. But we are to be in it, but not of it. But how do we do that? We don't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Steadfast, not only towards our Father, not only towards our family and friends, but you have to be steadfast. Listen, if you're out in the marketplace, you know you've got to be steadfast in spirit when you're facing the foes of the cross, those who oppose the cross. And my goodness, how we could talk about the Apostle Paul how we could talk about Peter, how we could talk about individuals out of the Old Covenant and how there were those that were actually foes to the Gospel, to the Old Covenant, to the New Covenant, but they did not relinquish a steadfast spirit. Let me give you one example. Daniel, out of the Old Testament, was a man who had a steadfast spirit. I'm wondering what I would do if I was told, if you'll just bow down, everything will be copacetic. All you got to do is bow down one time. All you got to do is just do it like all of us, one time, and everything will be just fine with you. The Bible says that David was of a different spirit. Excuse me, Daniel was of a different spirit. He had a different spirit. That means God put something inside of him that was not going to relate to the things everybody else really... Come on, church. And then finally, I want to encourage you this morning to be steadfast in spirit towards your future. God can't roll out your future if you're constantly all over the place, like a ship sometimes, or you can feel that ship. I want to encourage you this morning to absolutely consider the question, will I remain? In fact, listen, Jesus said that if he didn't cut the time short, there would be many that would fall away. I'm concerned as a minister of the gospel, how many people will remain, just remain faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to declare over this whole house, over the body of Christ, that we are spiritual marines. We are spiritual marines. We will always be faithful. We will always make sure that one another are taken care of. We will always consider others better than ourselves. Let us pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm wondering this morning. The altar call will be there where you're seated. Not here in the front. I'll never forget hearing Dr. Lutzer say, ultimately, the heart is your altar. And I thank God for those words. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, 
And you might be thinking, gosh, that wasn't really very long this morning. Spirit of the Lord is here. The same question that he asked me each day on the ship, on the two locations where the ship docked, and we were enjoying and having fun, he kept asking. He kept penetrating each day, all week long. It's the same question that he's asked me to ask you. Will you remain? Will you remain? For those that were here two weeks ago, you know we used the song, Everlasting Father. And in the lyrics are those words, I will remain. But this morning the invitation is very simple. With the upraised hand, I'd like to be able to lift up in prayer those that have been struggling with a steadfast spirit. I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm not talking about self-will. I'm talking about a steadfast spirit. Maybe you're struggling in an area that only you and the Lord know all about. No one else knows. No one else needs to know. And if you raise your hand, that doesn't mean I'm going to know. That just means I'm going to pray with you. Where you have been weak, God's going to make it your strength. So make sure I've made this clear. It's an opportunity for you to be able to raise your hand and say, you know, Pastor, it didn't have to be a long one this morning. I got the message real clear from the Holy Spirit. I'm being challenged not to be steadfast. My resolve isn't like it used to be. I'm embarking upon new territories and new opportunities, but I have not set my anchor. But today, I want to make a declaration that is so clear that I will, I will remain. Though his words may be challenging at times, I'm speaking of Christ, and there may be things that he asked me to do, regardless, I will remain. For he will give me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just by raising your hand, you'd say, just remember me in prayer. Yep, I, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mine too. Thank you. Wow, all over this room. Wow, I'm amazed. Thank you. Mine too, guys. Family, my friends. Thank you. Okay, our hands can go down. Let's pray. Father, you bugged me all week. And I thank you for the bugging. Thank you so much. You just don't give up, do you? (laughs) And we're also very grateful because you just don't give up on your kids, do you? We're so thankful. Father, this morning you have spoken to our hearts. Our desire, we really do want to remain. 
But sometimes, Father, sometimes, many of us have raised our hands across this room this morning and we've acknowledged that this is where you've been speaking. This is an area in our lives that you are touching and we're responding and we're so grateful. We're really grateful for the Holy Spirit because we know that he dwells within us and he's inviting us. Come on, I got you. Let's keep going. Let's keep walking. The best is yet to come. For all these things, we give thanks this morning. Now I ask that you would seal to our hearts the beginning of this message, and we will be steadfast. Semper Fidelis will be in our lives. We will be faithful at all costs. And then, Father, because you brought him up in my attention early, early this morning, wherever Dennis Maves happens to be in the nation's I ask that you would bless him and his family. And I thank you for what he poured into my life so many years ago. Thank you, Father, that he taught me what it means to be faithful. I honor him this morning as a servant of the Most High God. I ask that you will bless him. And now I ask that you would bless this house abundantly. Pour out the riches of your kingdom. We're ready to bear fruit this week. We're going to show the peace, the joy, the love, the self-control. Thank you for putting us under the canopy of the Holy Spirit. I bless my friends. And as we prepare to head back out into the marketplace, we're ready to do business for the King. To reach out, to share our life, our love. In Jesus' name. Now you take a moment across this room before we close the service and you just, wherever you would like to say thank you to the Lord. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.com There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.